This is another sports podcast. Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to another damn sports podcast. I am Drew Torres here with Money Mike Gilchrist, and I am hyped up after this amazing win for Bills Mafia that I got to see in person at Highmark Stadium, where the Bills absolutely took a dump on Mac Jones, Bill Belichick, and Patriots Nation. It was an absolute blast. It was one of the most fun games, if not the most fun game I have ever been to. And Money Mike, how are you feeling after this amazing Super Wild Card weekend? I feel like perfection because I called all six games correctly. Uh, you know, it, it was a, I, I, it's hard to say it was a fun weekend because none of, I, I'm a Giants fan, obviously, so my team wasn't in it, uh, and I have no rooting stake in the Buffalo Bills. Uh, but, <laughs> uh, no, and, and the games weren't really that close. <laughs> so it was right. kind of like, you know, every game was kind of a blowout. But, yeah. you know, it's, it, it, it's fun to have playoff football again. Um, I'm excited to see some of the best players that we have in this game on the biggest stage to see what they do. Um, and, uh, you know, yeah, I joke about the bills all the time, but I was happy for my friends who are bills fans, especially you guys, since you guys invested financially and physically into this game, I'm happy you guys weren't completely uh, frozen out, uh, by the results of the game. Um, so yeah, that was, that was cool to see, but I, I couldn't believe that it was that big of a blow. I mean, who would have thought that the Buffalo Bills would put up the first ever perfect offensive game? Nearly perfect. I mean, it's not like they didn't have penalties. Uh, but <laughs> they, well, I mean, if you really want to say perfect, I mean, that, that, I, mean that, I don't think it's physically possible to have an absolute perfect game from start to finish. I don't no, know if we're ever I mean, going to see that. To have zero puns, zero field goals, zero fourth yeah. downs. Uh, that's incredible. That is absolutely, especially when it's freezing cold temperatures too. Like right. That, and, and you're facing a Bill Belichick defense. Exactly. So, how this came to be was essentially on, I think it was on Friday. Uh, I was just talking to Tommy on the phone and we kind of just joked around. We're like, Oh man, imagine if we like went to the game tomorrow, it's going to be so damn cold. And then we just kept talking about it. And like, eventually we just kind of talked ourselves into the fact that maybe it's a good idea. We should go. I mean, how many times are you able to experience the first ever full capacity playoff game for a team in over 20 years? Right. So it's, it was kind of a no-brainer eventually. And in terms of the temperature, it wasn't really all that bad because you're surrounded by thousands of people. Right. You're hype, you know, getting really excited, screaming. That just raises the temperature around you. It raises your own temperature when you get excited yourself. And that was probably the most exciting first half of football I've ever watched. Yeah. Um, so it, it turned out to be an absolutely incredible experience worth the, um, the trek down to Orchard Park and worth braving the cold. So you guys have gone to Bill's games where it's like the one o'clock slot and you guys get there at like nine, nine thirty in the morning for tailgating. How early did you guys have to get there for this one? So we actually didn't end up tailgating for this one. Uh, Jason and Tom, they drove out and they got here around seven o'clock. So we had to kind of just rush straight down there and hop right at, uh, into the game. It, we, Damn, we get, how was the, how was the traffic for that? The traffic wasn't too bad, actually. We got very lucky because there was this one lot that said that they were full. But since I drive such a small car, they're like, oh. Here's a small car here. Come, come park. Uh, we have a really small spot here that we could fit you into. So we got lucky there and we made it into the game without missing too much of it. Oh, sweet. Okay. So you guys did not take Jason's 250 down to the stadium. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. We drove my tiny little Nissan Sentra. There you go. There you go. Yeah, uh, that's, uh, that's awesome. And, and I have to say, 
you guys were brave to face the cold, but you were not nearly as brave as the man in front of you guys who had no shirt on. It, to your testimony, for the entire game, he, he kept his shirt off, or did he eventually put something on? No, it was incremental. So he would take it off during, like, the most hype moments, like during basically when they're on offense and they're on a scoring drive. He would get super hyped, turn around, rip off his shirt, start yelling at the people in the stands, throwing his hands up, telling everybody to get hype. And then eventually, once there was a lull in the game, you could tell he started like getting super cold. And like you could, he could have literally had a health episode if he didn't throw <laughs> put his stuff back on. Because man, it was—I mean, it was sub—it uh, was negative temperatures when he took into account the wind chill. So there was no way someone could sit out there for too long with no shirt on uh, without experiencing some pretty bad health scares yeah yeah that's awesome I, and did you happen to run into ryan fitzpatrick at the game i saw that he was there <laughs> yeah i did not i wish i did that honestly i didn't believe that that was actually him in the pictures at first because i was like how, <laughs> how was like technically i mean is he technically still a member of washington right now even though he's yeah hurt? yeah oh yeah he was supposed to be there <laughs> he was their week one starter and he got hurt and was out for the year and right off of that and there's rumors he might be a giant next year. You know, you never know. He plays. Oh, he's played for almost every. He's played for almost every other team in the NFL. I thought this was going to be just like solidification that he's probably retiring, but <laughs> maybe not. Maybe you're right. Maybe he'll come back for another run. He seems like a guy that just football is ingrained in his body, and he doesn't really know what to do without it. Right. <laughs> so I, I, he would look good in a New York Giants uniform, but uh, it was, it, it was an incredible experience to go to that game. That's awesome. I'm uh, glad you guys had a good time. And, you know, I, uh, I have to say three words that I'm sure a lot of listeners on this podcast have been waiting for me to say. Uh, I was wrong about the AFC East. You know, here's the thing. I, I always have become the Bills doubter because I started watching football full-time in 2004, right? And the Buffalo Bills from 2004 to 2018 never made more than nine wins. And the amount of times they had nine wins was 2004 and 2014 and 2017. Every other season was either six and ten, seven and nine, five eleven, or four and twelve. So I've always just seen the Bills as this team that's not good. You know, so the fact that they are good is kind of like, well, how good are they really? <laughs> yeah, it's, <laughs> a, it's a believe it when I see it type. Yeah, of it's, situation. A, it's a believe it when I see it type of thing. And man, after this weekend's game, I fucking saw it. You know, it's just like, I mean, you, yeah. you, they were absolutely unstoppable. And I, I, I imagined, I don't know if it's going to happen exactly this way, because obviously they have to beat Kansas City this week, which mm -hmm. is going to be a huge challenge for them. Um, just because can't not, and that's nothing against Buffalo. That's just a respect to Kansas City. But imagine the Bills exercising some demons on this path to a potential Super Bowl. First step, they beat the New England Patriots and Bill Belichick, who have annihilated them for the last 20 years. Uh, then you play the team that eliminated you in the AFC championship, took your Super Bowl dreams away last year. You potentially could play the Music City Miracle team in Tennessee in the AFC championship. You know, Bills fans will have those memories on uh, when they're playing Tennessee. And then potentially in the Super Bowl, you can meet Tom Brady, who's 33, uh, yeah, 33 and two against you guys. You know, it's it, all these demons they could exercise in their path. To the, I mean, if, if the Bills win the Super Bowl, no matter how they do it, no matter who they play, Bills fans are going to go fucking nuts. But if they do it in that, on that exact path, that would be the most satisfying. It would be satisfying no matter what. I'm not trying to make it less satisfactory if they beat, like, L.A. or Green Bay. But if they beat all those teams in path to win the championship, that would probably be the most satisfying. That's what I think. 
So for, for me, the most satisfying would be Buffalo versus LA and then Buffalo wins the Super Bowl because that was my preseason Super Bowl pick. And I want to true. That's true. Um, that's, a, yeah, that's exactly true. And that's still alive. Yes, that it absolutely alive. is. I was very happy to see the Rams come out with the win uh, yesterday. But uh, no, you're 100% right. There's so much opportunity for the Bills to right all of the wrongs they have been forced to endure over these past couple decades uh, throughout the rest of this playoffs. Um, like you said, the, the Bills versus the Chiefs, that is going to be an incredible, incredible matchup that we'll get into later. Um, do you want to start off by going over the Bengals Raiders game? Yeah, sure. So that that was the closest game of the weekend, <laughs> and the uh, the Cincinnati Bengals got an early break. Um, I think we've seen in all sports um, throughout the years that there are certain calls made or certain moments that you look back on. You say, okay, they got lucky there. Joe Burrow's you know running to the sideline, throwing into the end zone. They blow the whistle because they thought he stepped out of bounds. The Raiders' corners and safeties all stopped, and the Bengals got a touchdown. And they looked at it and they're like, nope, that's a touchdown. And it's like, wait, what? You know, it was only, but that was early in the game. It was the second quarter. It wasn't like the Raiders couldn't overcome that. Uh, but it did turn out that they lost by seven points. You know, Derek Carr got possession of the ball with a final drive and they got down to the red zone and just couldn't punch it in. And Cincinnati got their first playoff win since 1990. Um, and Joe Burrow, who's uh, been looking like an MVP candidate this year, um, has really played well. I mean, he's in the same conversation this year in terms of MVP as Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. And that's really saying something had that attitude of like, yeah, we won, but I'm not going to celebrate because we expected to win. Because he has that championship pedigree from college. You know, he's been to a national championship. He beat Trevor Lawrence and Clemson, who had just won the year before. He knows what it takes to win. But the city and the fans, you know, that, and that team doesn't. So, like, it was cool to see all those fans so excited, saying we believe in our Bengals, this and that. And now they have a challenge to go play Tennessee next week, who was on a bye I was just happy for Cincinnati to get that monkey off their back to finally win a playoff game. And, you know, poor Marvin Lewis wasn't the coach to deliver it for him, but Hey, that's okay. Yeah, that's okay. He tried his best. And uh, I a hundred percent agree with you, Joe Burrow. He's not going to be the type of guy that's going to just rest on his success of winning one playoff game a couple of seasons into his career. Uh, he's, he's letting the city of Cincinnati, he's letting the Bengals fan base enjoy it, but he's on to uh, Nashville next week um, yeah. after an amazing performance, like you said, against the Raiders, it, it wasn't, they didn't put up a million points. They didn't play offensively as good as they have looked over the past few weeks, uh, but they did enough to get the job done. Uh, kudos to the Raiders for making it into the playoffs with all of the absolute insanity they had to deal with throughout the season. Uh, Rich Bisaccia did an amazing job filling in yeah. as the interim head coach. Um, I would, if I was Mark Davis, I would definitely have him as my favorite to take over as the head coach, keep that continuity. Obviously he has the locker room. He has the love of his players. I mean, he wrote out a personal letter to every single one of his players, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, so if I was Mark Davis, I would definitely do that. I know Raiders fans are very hesitant to believe that that is going to happen because Mark Davis has made some quite questionable decisions over the years. Um, but good season for the Raiders as well. Yeah. It sounds like they're going to hire somebody else. Unfortunately, I think that, you know, he did such a good job in rallying this team through every up and down that they had and still kept a focus on, you know, playing their best games and, and, and fighting in every single game. They, I mean, the Raiders had the most games in overtime this year and they won all of them. Um, and so it was just like, you know, the, it was a team that was so good at just when they got knocked down, they fought back and they fought back and they fought back and they really, I thought they were going to tie the game up. 
on that final drive. I thought they were going to tie the game up, and I'm like, oh, this is going to be another bad luck for the Cincinnati Bengals and their fans. They're going to lose yet another playoff game and get bounced in the first round. That's what Cincinnati sports teams do. The Reds do it. The Bengals do it. Whenever they make the playoffs, they get bounced in the first round. Uh, but it didn't happen. It didn't happen. I mean, if, you know, some luck was on Cincinnati's part early on, and their defense stepped up and was able to just bend but not break on that final drive. And Derek Carr playing his first playoff game, hey, I, I, again, it, it, to me, even though they lost, it was a successful season for the Raiders after everything they went through. Oh, that's right. I totally forgot that the last time we've seen the Raiders play, make the playoffs, which is the only other time in a pretty extended period of time, Derek Carr, didn't he tear his ACL in the last game of the season or something? And I forgot. And they got who, blown out in the first round. Right, I don't even I, remember who they played. I just remember they got blown out in the first round. I think it was the Texans. I just don't remember who the quarterback was. Uh, oh, I right. remember yeah. It was still a pretty rough matchup because it was the pre-Deshaun Watson Texans um with arian foster and that solid defense andre johnson was the quarterback then matt schaub probably (laughs) someone like that (laughs) um but yeah uh, good for Derek carr he looked pretty great this season uh definitely his best looking season that he's had in my opinion uh since coming to the nfl um now physical looks i don't know because people were sharing that meme of him looking like the uh the long-haired bandit from uh home alone right did you see marv that? yeah he, they, yeah, yeah marv. They, they had uh they had uh joe burrow looking like kevin McAllister as an older <laughs> version of kevin McAllister, and then Derek Carr looking like marv now <laughs> it was a pretty pretty good comparison i'd say yeah it was pretty funny i, I love the uh the paint can thing where they put his face over they like someone actually took the scene from the movie but put Derek Carr's face over marv's face and had the paint <laughs> can with like joe burrow's face coming right at him <laughs> oh that's amazing <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah, so the Bengals move on. They're going to play the Titans. And uh, then we concluded Saturday night with the game we've already talked about. But we'll talk about, again, the Buffalo Bills and the New England Patriots. Look, the Patriots split the season series with the Bills, um, but were the wild card team. The Bills had this game at home. Big crowd. You were part of it. Um, but the Buffalo Bills now have to uh, – They after playing that stellar perfect game, they have to go to the place where their season ended last year. I've already seen it on social media. People are sharing that photo of Stefan Diggs standing at Arrowhead while the Chiefs were on the trophy celebration. Um, we're going to talk about the Chiefs-Steelers game pretty shortly, but given what you saw in person with the Bills, what is your biggest concern facing a team like the Kansas City Chiefs? Like what? Because, I mean, you couldn't really see anything flaws on offense or defense really in that game, but is there anything that you were like, what worries you about facing Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs with that Bills team? Well, in reality, what the Buffalo Bills need to do right now is they need to completely throw that game away. What they just did against the Patriots, they need to move on. Like yeah. it was an incredible performance. They got to stomp their rivals into the mud. But the Kansas City Chiefs are a completely different team from the New England Patriots in almost every facet. Yeah. Um, so I think the biggest thing that kind of, that makes every Bills fan nervous. Everyone I've talked to is not feeling 100% confident about this game because it's hard to. When you're going to Arrowhead for the second time this season, trying to beat an amazing team like that for the second time this season, there's no way you can be 100% confident that the Bills' defense, as good as they are, as great as they are, I mean, the number one ranked defense statistically in the NFL, as great as they are, Are they going to be able to stop all of those weapons, all of the trickery, all of the tomfoolery that the Chiefs have in their offense? Right. Um, Who's going to cover Travis Kelsey? Who's going to cover Tyree Kill? No Tredavious White, who obviously was their best uh, corner. Um, 
So really it's the way the bills lose this game is if there's any sense of repeat from last season where the defense just isn't able to cover any of the chiefs biggest stars and the offense comes out looking flat, which is entirely possible. And right. I think that's why everybody is so nervous. Yeah. It, it, it's hard because you uh, that's a game where it, going to Arrowhead in the regular season, having that feeling of losing to them is one thing, but being back in the same spot against a team that has been to four straight AFC championships and uh, two straight Super Bowls, uh, that's tough. It's really tough to face a team like the Chiefs right now based on how they're playing. Well, is it four straight AFC championships or is it three? I think it's four. Because they lost to Tom Brady and the Patriots. Yeah. Yeah, then they is... went to the two. In the... Okay, so this if they make it this year, it'd be four straight. They've yep. made it to three straight AFC championships. Exactly. But you're playing the team that really is the – they're they're the team that's been carrying the they've been uh you know they're, they're the team in the AFC to beat. It doesn't matter that it's not the AFC championship. They are the team in, in the AFC to beat because they are the I'm, I'm I'm struggling to find the word uh the holders of the trophy right now. Yeah, that, that you know I can't find the term. I, there's a term that, that, that <laughs> it's bothering me that I don't know it. They're the Patriots of the AFC. Right? Oh, they're, they're, they're the perennial <laughs> perennial team that's been around. That's yeah. the word I was looking for. Oh, perennial. Um, okay. Yeah, and it's uh, man. It, I I feel like this is the, this is really the AFC Championship because I feel like whoever wins this game, I don't care what happens in the Bengals Titans game. I mean, I do because I mean I care if, because if the Bengals win, it's in Buffalo, and if the uh, Titans <laughs> wins in Tennessee, um, but I feel like if you win this game, the winner of this game is going to the Super Bowl for the AFC. I feel like it, the, it's the, very the easy Chiefs, to say that. Yeah, yeah, the Chiefs will beat the Titans or the Bengals. Because the Bengals ain't beating the Chiefs twice, <laughs> and uh, I, I just don't—I don't know. I, I'm not a believe. I don't think Ryan Tannehill is going to get the Titans all the way there. I just, da. So, <laughs> I will say right now, as much as I absolutely hate the Titans, the Titans are one of the most disrespected teams I have ever seen in the history of the NFL because they yeah. are the number one seed. They have been beating good team after good team this entire season, and yet everybody is talking about the Bengals, Bills, and Chiefs. Yeah. Like it's just because they're obviously not the most exciting team when you have Ryan Tannehill as your quarterback, that's kind of naturally what's going to happen in the media, but it's, it, and I said this before, I don't think that we can easily say that the, um, the winner of the bills chiefs game is going to make the super bowl. Um, but I am just glad that this, the, these four teams are in it because yeah. both of these games are going to be very closely contested. This is definitely the top four teams in the AFC. Yeah. Because, I mean, we can skip to the Chiefs and Steelers. The Chiefs absolutely killed Pittsburgh. I mean, yeah. it wasn't even close. You know, Another game we could throw away. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, it was scoreless in the first quarter, and then the, the Steelers scored first with a fumble recovery by T.J. Watt, and it's like, oh, my God, maybe Pittsburgh will be in this game. <laughs> and then after that, it was just 35-7, and it was like, okay, you know, this is just – it looks like this is Big Ben's retirement party in Kansas City. We all got the invite from Chiefs fans. Uh, you know, they, they blew him out as the Chiefs were supposed to and took care of business. And so that's all we have to really say about the, uh, the Steelers-Chiefs <laughs> game. I will – I just a quick note here. It was a fun uh, time watching a Hall of Famer and Big Ben throughout these last, you know, 18 years. Uh, hell of a quarterback. Hell of a playmaker. Uh, was almost a New York Giant. Had Eli not been a big baby and not wanting to go to San Diego. <laughs> so congrats to Big Ben on the phenomenal career. Two Super Bowls, three Super Bowl appearances. Um, too bad his career had to end 
in a blowout game like that. But I, I, like I said, the way that their season ended to get to the playoffs, I think, you know, you win your last game at Heinz Field, your last regular season game, you win at hated rival in the Ravens. That's a way to end it. I heard uh, one of the guys on Pat McAfee shows or on Pat McAfee's show is a Steelers fan and he comes out right away. First thing he says is, I just want to start this off by saying that this is the Colts fault that we had to go through this because <laughs> the Colts should have made the playoffs and not us. But uh, no, yeah, I echo everything you just said about Big Ben. It was great to watch him. I'm glad that he's retiring because he definitely seemed to have lost a step uh, over the past couple of years. And I think it's time for the Steelers organization to move on. And I'm very excited to see who they bring in as quarterback um, going forward. That's obviously something that we'll speculate during the offseason. We have a, a lot to talk about right now. Um, so I guess we will move on to the next exciting game from Super Wildcard Weekend. Yeah, I mean, I, I took this was not an exciting game to watch. <laughs> but I took a lot of pleasure in the results. Uh, Tom Brady, the GOAT, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. What the hell was stomping. I thinking? What, what, what the hell was I thinking taking the Eagles in this matchup? Because you're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> you know why? You know why? You had both Chris's in your ear. Actually, no. One Chris is very self-aware of how bad the Eagles are and how lucky they were to make it in the playoffs. And then there's the other Chris. He knows who he is. Thinks the Eagles are one of the greatest teams, and if they had won, they were going to go to the Super Bowl. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was uh, it was a pretty embarrassing showing by the Eagles. Uh, I, I watched the first half, and their it just quarterback seemed like, can't throw. Yeah, <laughs> that's the issue, man. Like once they were down early, it was kind of hard to feel like the Eagles were going to be able to come back with the roster that they have and the quarterback that they have. Um, it's possible against bad teams. And I didn't really take into account the fact that they really were only beating bad teams throughout the season. They were winless against playoff teams or anybody with a winning record. Oh, the season. against the teams that were in the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. So if I had just really thought about it a little bit more and didn't really make my, the pick with just my heart, I guess, maybe. Because you don't um, want Tom Brady back in the Super Bowl. Exactly. That's what it is. I just want that bastard to lose. <laughs> um, but honestly, though, I, I, I res- I've begun to respect Tom Brady a lot more than I have in the past because of men in the arena. Um, so if the Bucks do make it to the Super Bowl again, I will still be excited to watch the game. Yeah. I, uh, here's why I knew the Eagles were doing shit nothing in the playoffs. They lost to the New York Giants in the regular <laughs> season, okay? They lost to the Giants. The Giants are fucking terrible. And I, I understand they blew them out the second time around, but the Giants yeah. didn't even have Daniel Jones, okay? So, like, they, you were playing against their third-string quarterback. Right. Yeah, that, that's very true. I should have taken that into account as well. You know, so, yeah, you blew out the Giants the second time around because you should have. You should have blew them out both times. But you lost to the Giants. No team that it loses to the Giants is going to do anything this year. So, yeah, you, lo- you lose to the Giants. Then you go to Tampa Bay, who, by the way, won the Super Bowl last year in fucking Tampa Bay. They're not losing in that stadium <laughs> when they have the greatest quarterback. Yeah. They have the greatest quarterback. I don't care how many injuries are on that offense. He, you have Tom Brady and you have Rob Gronkowski. It's all you fucking need. Buccaneers do what they were supposed to do. They blow out the Eagles. It was fun to watch as a Giants fan. like, hate the Eagles so goddamn much. Thank God they're out of the playoffs. I was happy for Tom Brady because I'm a big fan of his. And Tampa Bay will host the Rams next week. We'll see what happens. <laughs> Money Mike is fired up, baby. And the other team in the NFC least Ugh. also lost. <laughs> was that great. was the ugliest performance by 
a team that was hyped up beyond belief for the entire season. Like that was, their season could not have ended in a worse way. What did I say? What did I say on the show last week? Uh, I said I'm I'm more certain I'm I am the most certain about one game. The 49ers were gonna beat the Cowboys. You know why? Because what can go wrong with the Dallas Cowboys always goes wrong. I sound like Stephen A. Smith right now. But it's true. <laughs> it's absolutely true. The Cowboys were overhyped. They were they look, I even said if Dallas played up to their potential, they'd be one of the most dangerous teams in the NFC. But they never play up to their potential when it counts. They were able to beat up on the Giants, the Washington football team, and the shit team we just talked about, the Philadelphia Eagles. They were 6-0 against the NFC least. Way to go. But when it came to beating teams like the struggling Cardinals, nope, couldn't do that. When it came to playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, nope, couldn't do that. They couldn't do it against the – they couldn't beat the Raiders on Thanksgiving. Whenever they played a competent team, they couldn't really pull it off. So this was great. Dak Prescott would struggle as I, I knew he would because San Francisco was able to rush four guys and drop everybody back. So they were able to cause pressure made, made, he was always moving out of the pocket constantly in that game. Run game has not been really great for Dallas all year. Mm. Um, and the San Francisco 49ers, despite Jimmy Garoppolo's stupidity in the fourth quarter and almost giving the game away. Um, the 49ers have some playmakers like Debo Samuel um, and they've got Jennings and they've got just, enough talent to make it happen with the genius of uh, Shanahan's coaching offense. And the 49ers went into Jerry world and we saw tons of sad, sad cowboy fan faces. And it was glorious to see. And the 49ers win. Uh, Yeah. Sad Cowboys fans and scummy Cowboys fans throwing trash onto the field afterwards. I mean, I totally get it. The amount of frustration you must feel as a Cowboys fan having all of this hype surrounding your team coming into every year, feel like legitimately feeling like it is your year for your team to be successful and make a Super Bowl, And then to just lose early in the playoffs every single year. I'd be pissed too. If I was a freaking Cowboys fan, don't yeah. throw trash on the field. But like, that's, I, I actually, when they lost that game, I was like, man, like how many years are Cowboys fans going to be forced to endure this? Like I'd almost rather, right. Almost. I wouldn't, but I would almost rather be in the situation that you and I are in where our teams are just bad all season and we don't get our hopes up. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. But that's that's the thing with, with Dallas fans, it seems like. Whenever they win one game, it's, <laughs> how about them Cowboys? And it's like, we're going to the Super Bowl. We're the greatest team ever. And then when they lose, it's like, oh, my God, we're so horrible. Oh, <laughs> yeah, all of the crying guys falling or, or have a parade in the street. You know, it's just like, come on. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's, I mean, that, and that's the media as a whole, too. It's not even just Cowboys fans. It's the media covering the Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys are the most talked about team, no matter what their record is, in sports. I mean, really, <laughs> it's incredible. I mean, obviously, they're, they're the most – talked about team in the nfl so therefore in sports they're gonna be one of the most talked about teams because the nfl is the most popular sport right but my god you know fellow giants fans are gonna hate me saying this because a lot of giants fans are new york yankee fans but i'm sorry sorry the new york yankees and the dallas cowboys are the same exact team in two different sports in two different cities they're the exact same their fans act exactly the same way and they wear the same fucking colors too there's so many and they think they're america's team now no one really says that about the yankees in baseball but that's how they act okay so just want to put that out there uh 
before we get to the final game of Super Wild Card Weekend, I meant to bring this up when we were talking about the Bills and Patriots, but folks, if you haven't met Drew, he's a very loving, loving human being, very caring friend. If you were struggling, he would take his shirt off his back to put it on yours. Oh my God, where but, is this going? <laughs> but but Drew, answer me this. There is a super vindictive dark side of you that was happy to see New England get killed because you needed revenge. You needed revenge from the playoff game you went to where New England beat your team in the AFC Championship. And you were, as much as you were happy about the Bills and your wife and all the Bills fans, you were so fucking happy to see the Patriots get their the piss beat out of them because you wanted revenge. Because the other playoff game you've been to was that AFC Championship where your team was this close. Tell me, that hateful side of you is like, fuck these guys. Oh, yeah, Come 100%. On. Admit it. You, you, no, you're right. That That's exactly <laughs> kind of how I felt going into that. I mean, I obviously, I was just texting someone about this earlier. I've 100% uh, immersed myself into the Bills Mafia culture. Um, I live out here. I'm surrounded by it every single day. Everybody is so happy when the Bills are winning. Everybody's uh, talking with such positivity in their voice when the Bills are winning. So I, I just love being around that. So I'm all I'm all in on Bills Mafia whenever the Jags are eliminated from playoff contention and whenever they're not playing the Bills. Um, so coming into that game, I was still rooting for them 100% just because I am technically a fan of their team. Um, but yeah, it did feel good to see the Pats lose because uh, the last time I saw a team play the Pats that I was rooting for in the playoffs, it was the biggest sports heartbreak I ever experienced. So just to get a little bit of that back, it, definitely felt nice yeah i knew it i knew it i knew it <laughs> yeah you know me so well <laughs> yeah. um but uh actually can we go back to the uh cowboys 49ers game real quick because we have to talk about the sequence at the end of the game and how everybody in the media is calling for mike mccarthy's head right now because <laughs> the absolute terrible handling of the end of that game was something that i have never seen before dak prescott running the ball up the middle with 14 seconds left and no timeouts made absolutely no sense. And the fact that Mike McCarthy after the game supported the call was just asinine to me. So yeah. like, I mean, I, I'm never going to come onto this podcast and say that a guy who's won a Super Bowl and has proven to be a good coach for a very long time in the NFL should be fired after this little amount of time with Dallas. But <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if it happened. There, there were moments throughout the whole season where they were talking about Mike McCarthy's clock management skills as a coach. Um, right. And so this was just kind of like a, it's kind of like you kind of seen, saw it coming. The thing is, is that right after the game, Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott were blaming the referees for not getting out of the way in time. No, I'm sorry. When you have 14 seconds on the clock and you run it up the middle of the field with no timeouts, don't blame the officials. And the fact is you should know if you don't, that the official has to set the ball. Yeah. You should know that. Mm -hmm. And you also you, like Dak, was like oh he, he he hit Dak you know he hit Dak on his way yeah well Dak should have like been conscious enough to look for the official and be like okay make sure he has a room to get through so we can get this off you know it baffles my mind that they called that like you said but man I, I as a sports fan hate to see a game end like that it would have been like cool if they did get it like within one second to just see if they could have one final play Right, and then that way that would have been sweeter. Like they end one final play, throws to the end zone, and either gets picked off or incomplete. As long as he doesn't complete it, I was happy about it. Mm -hmm. But talk about vindictive sides! <laughs> I was so happy to see that Mike back. I was like, ah, screw you guys. <laughs> yeah, I say vindictive. That is the word that Mike lives his life by. Um, yes, but no, it was just 
how can you blame the ref in that situation? Like, I understand it's high pressure. Yeah, right. but it's it's high pressure for the players. I get it. Obviously, it's it's your season. You're trying to save your season, move on to the next round of the of the playoffs. But it's also high pressure for the ref. Like he has to do his job absolutely perfectly to a T there, in the most efficient way possible, just to give them a, even a chance to get that ball off. I was at work and we were t- they were talking about it when I first walked in about how the ref was like walking up to the line. And I go, what? And I pull the clip up on my phone and I show it. I'm like, where? In what fucking world is that walking? <laughs> yeah, he was hustling his ass he was off. Hustling to get. Yeah, he didn't want to be the reason or, or the talk of the town for why the Cowboys supposedly didn't get another shot. So yeah, yeah that that was it's pretty ridiculous narrative. Um, but like I said, I don't know if the McCarthy being gone narrative is pretty ridiculous. Um, so we'll see what happens there. Well, there's, there's big talk about their offensive coordinator being a high prize head coaching candidate, which I don't see that, but I do see him getting a head coaching job in Dallas because that's what Jerry Jones typically does. He hires in-house somebody he can control, someone who's familiar with the Dallas atmosphere. Um, I'm obviously Mike McCarthy was hired from the outside, but traditionally Jerry Jones likes to put somebody that he can control uh, in there because he doesn't want the head coach to get too much credit or have too much power. So, yeah, you would definitely be able to control Kellen Moore. That's for sure. Yeah, Kellen Moore. Yes. Yeah, he's Jason Garrett 2.0. <laughs> yeah, basically. I mean, that's it's the same exact scenario, right? He was when a I backup. heard that Kellen Moore was a coaching candidate, that the Giants might look at. I was like, no, no, anyone but him. No. Well, real quick, we're we're gonna give our listeners just a very small sliver of Giants talk because I know they were dying to hear some of that before they started this podcast. Um. Is it really Jason's Garrett, Jason Garrett's fault that the Giants were looking that bad on offense throughout the season? Because it seems like they got worse once they got rid of him. Uh, well, also everybody got hurt. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. no, no, I, I don't. I, honestly, I don't really put too much blame on Jason Garrett in particular. I, I put more blame on like Joe Judge <laughs> because <laughs> Joe Judge was a finger pointer and blamed everybody for his it was. But he he was a head coach and knew nothing about defense or offense. He was a special teams guy and a very you know. Uh, playing uh, in terms of his NFL experience as a special teams guy. You know, at least Harbaugh, who was a special teams guy, had a lot of experience, you know, in the league. He, he, only, he seemed to only get that job because he was connected with Bill Belichick and he knew how to talk like a coach. That's kind of what it seemed like. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, you know, I, I mean, Jason Garrett, like he, his play calling was kind of plain and bland, but he's not the reason the Giants were – inept offensively it seems like they're inept offensively because they suck is this the first time we've spoken on the podcast since joe judge was fired i, I don't think i think we did the pod the day before he got fired so like, oh. you can out your celebration if you want oh man so happy <laughs> i'm you know I, I i'm just happy because clearly like gettleman was going to get fired but because he decided to retire so i think to save face he, all that matters he's not going to be the gm next year and I thought my worst fear was that John Mara and uh, Steve Tish were going to say, well, to the new GM, well, we want you to keep Joe Judge and we want you to keep Daniel Jones. And when John Mara came out and fired Joe Judge, I was like, wow, great. This is awesome. And then he goes, <laughs> we're not going to force them to take the, they, they can build the team however they want. So we're not you know, tied to any particular player. I'm like, this is great. <laughs> They're going to go in a new direction. I love it. Now it depends on who, how they, who they hire and how they do it. Because, you know, I, I feel like they're going to try to do a 
GM coach combo type thing where they want to hire a GM who's going to be that's because they've interviewed a lot of like um, they interviewed the bills assistant GM. And I think they want to look at the bills offensive coordinator as a coaching candidate, um, which on a personal level, I would like that because I know somebody who's best friends with the guy so he can get me inside information and I could get maybe on uh, like some good ticket deals. Maybe there you go. That'd be so pretty that's, cool. That's, that's but, but, but I mean, I don't know. I, I'm, uh, I'm just excited to see who they hire. They've interviewed a lot of candidates. Um, you know, for those who are out there who this is a checklist item for them, they've interviewed nine people, four were black, five were white. So it's almost 50, 50. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> Yeah, I, I just oh, my, here's my here's my hope on both head coach and GM. Somebody with experience. I don't want some new guy coming in to ha- have their first head coaching job as a head coach of the New York Giants. I think it's too big of a market, too big of a brand to have as your first coaching job. I want someone with experience. So, top of my list, Brian Flores, who got fired from Miami. I would love if he came in as our head coach. He was a fan of the Giants growing up. Um, he's, I think, from the area. So. He's familiar with the community. He still comes from that Bill Belichick coaching tree that everyone seems to love so much. Um, and uh, I, I would like Jim Harbaugh from Michigan. I don't, that's a wish list one, but he had a lot of success with the 49ers before they canned him. Um, and I think they canned him because the 49ers like to run things a certain way. And Jim was trying to get too much power and they were like, no, you're out of here. I think the guy that's currently serving as the GM for the Jags actually was the one that uh, let him go. Cause I guess yeah. they didn't uh, get along. Yeah. So I would love for Jim Harbaugh to come to the Giants. And there's rumors that he actually would be interested in the Giants job if they called him. Um, so he's not 100% committed to Michigan, I think, because he had to take a pay cut. And, they, you know, he finally got the monkey off his back to be at Ohio State. So I don't know if he's checked all the boxes there for what he wanted to accomplish. And, and he still has unfinished business in the NFL, according to sources. So he's a guy I would like. So those are the top two in my list would be either Flores or Harbaugh. Um, but I want the GM and the coach to have experience. Um, that's what I want. I want some experienced guys to come in, maybe even the chief's offensive coordinator. Um, but and then again, you know, I, I don't know how involved he is in calling the plays in Kansas city. Um, if it's more Andy Reed, but everybody that has ever played for the guy swears by him, talks about how great he is. So he'd be somebody, uh, I think is, is it Eric Bieniemy? Mm-hmm. I think that's yep. yeah. So he's a, he's a guy I'd be interested in learning more about as a head coach candidate. So I'm excited. I'm I'm just excited to see change. I I, I really um, I'm optimistic to see what they do. Um, and uh, you know I I think the jury's still out on Daniel Jones because he hasn't really played that much. So it's hard to write him off yet. I don't think he's a difference maker. But at the same time, is there somebody out there that's going? Are we going to get Deshaun Watson or Russell Wilson? some people think Aaron Rodgers <laughs> chance that's going to happen. <laughs> so, I mean, if we can get one of those guys, great, but I, I don't know if there's a replacement in terms of free agency or in the draft that's better than Daniel Jones right now. And I think part of the problem with Daniel Jones is that the offensive line is so terrible that it causes him to panic. They get in the backfield and he caught, he fumbles the ball. But when Daniel Jones has had time to throw the ball, he actually looked pretty good. So just a sliver, Mike. <laughs> no, I just I I I wrote this on a a Giants fan page today, where somebody was asking about like should Daniel Jones stay or go, and I said, look, other than the, his opening game against Tampa Bay, there's maybe two or three games where he actually looked like a really good quarterback who can go out there and win you a game. But has there been any evidence of that otherwise? For the most part, the answer is no. So if you can find somebody to replace him, 
do it because it's not like he's this great quarterback we have to move off of like like they've refused to move off Eli Manning when they probably should a year or two early before they did. Um, so I, I, again, it's all question marks. I just want the I, I I'm excited to see who they hire as GM then as head coach and to see what direction this team goes in. So so I. Uh... I apologize, listeners. I, I said just a yeah, sliver of Giants talk. Once I go down the rabbit hole, I, I, I can't stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, my man loves his Giants. But let's move on to the next uh, big NFC matchup from uh, Super Wildcard Weekend uh, that occurred last night. The LA Rams hosting the Arizona Cardinals. Matthew Stafford coming off a streak of rough play, making a lot of turnovers, throwing seven picks in three games. Kyler Murray. And the Arizona Cardinals also struggling um, after losing DeAndre Hap- Hopkins. I believe they lost six straight, yeah. um, which was a big issue after starting off the season looking amazing, winning seven straight. Um, so I think coming into this game, people were still giving the Cardinals a pretty decent shot because it's a divisional matchup. These two had a very uh, had two very highly contested games throughout the season, so it kind of felt like it was anybody's game. But if you kind of looked at the tail of the tape, it kind of made sense that the Rams are going to come in and just absolutely decimate the Cardinals. Uh, right from the start, Kyler Murray just kind of looked off. Uh, he, if you haven't noticed, he has like this weird mopey, like not enthused look to him when yeah. he realizes that his team isn't playing very well. And it kind of seems to spread among the entire team from start to finish during the game. And that is certainly what happened yesterday. The Rams winning 34 to 11. Mike, did you expect this to happen? Well, I, I knew the Rams would win. I didn't know it would be that, like, that unintriguing of a football game to watch. But it was, <laughs> Lopsided, you know, yeah. yeah, I mean, the Stars came out in L.A. to watch these Rams play. And it was Matthew Stafford's first playoff game as a member of the Rams. He had yet to accomplish a playoff win in his career. Same with Odell Beckham Jr., who uh, had only played in one playoff game also before coming to L.A., where he lost lost with the the Giants. Uh, (laughs) And he had a a really good game, and and Matthew Stafford played well. And Matthew Stafford, the last few weeks, had been throwing some interceptions and had made some stupid plays of his own. So it was kind of – and the Rams were in a situation last week where they were like, you know, they knew they were in the playoffs, but they were trying to win the division. They didn't know that the Cardinals were going to lose to the Seahawks. Had the Cardinals beat the Seahawks, this game would have been in Arizona. Right. So it was like, you know, the Rams lost in a, a division fighting game uh, just to win the division. And I was like, man, how are they going to look? You know, both these teams had moments where they were struggling. But you know the Cardinals reminded me of? Uh, they reminded me of last year's Pittsburgh Steelers, where last year the Steelers went like 11-0 and 0 yeah. to start the season and then just completely fell apart and just looked terrible. And then they got bounced in the first round mm-hmm. against a division rival. Yeah, that's the same exact scenario. That's a very good comparison. I never would have thought of that. Um, But the most intriguing thing I took from this game about the Rams was that they were able to get a great running game going. They had a great game on the ground with Cam Akers, Sony Michelle, the one-two punch with Daryl Henderson being out. Cam Akers is a hell of a back, and that guy is going to be the running back for the Rams for the next few years going forward. I think he's going to take control of that backfield. He is very... Very speedy, but he is a great between-the-tackles runner as well. Um, the, the Rams, if they can keep more of a balanced attack, uh, develop the run, make it so Matthew Stafford doesn't feel like he has to carry the game on his back, which he has been used to doing for the last 13 seasons, 
Um, I think this Rams team can really do some damage with that defense. Um, if, uh, if the NFL, if this was the NFL 10 years ago, let's say, and the Rams had the roster on defense that they do now, I think this Rams defense would be one of the most dominant defenses we would ever see. It's just yeah. now with how the NFL is set up with how the game is catered to quarterbacks and offenses, being able to put up as many points as possible. Penalties are called every second against the defense. Um, it kind of nullifies the fact that this Rams defense is so star studded with Von Miller, Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald, and Eric Weddle coming out of retirement. Um, this is a scary right. team, man. I- I'm happy I picked them as my NFC represent- representative for uh, my Super Bowl pick. It's a good pick. I mean, Matthew Stafford also looked good, you know, 202 yards, two touchdowns, but you're right. I mean, the Rams have that same thing that the 49ers have in their defense where they can rush four and get pressure on the quarterback and drop everybody else back. So they have that kind of, um, they have that ability. The Rams um, were able to do something that Peyton Manning made a joke of where they did a QB sneak in the goal line. And Peyton's like, Hey, this is interesting to see a team do a QB sneak, not when it's third and nine. And Eli was like, no, no comment. <laughs> but the, uh, so the Rams are going to play, you know, the, after, by winning, um, they're going to play the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who they beat in the regular season in SoFi Stadium. So this will be in a different location. But uh, since uh, Tom Brady went to Tampa Bay, he's 0-2 against the Rams with Sean McVay as coach. Um, so I, I, this is a dangerous team to, to play the, the defending Super Bowl champs. I think if there's anybody that can knock them off, it's, it'd be the, the L.A. Rams because the L.A. Rams have that confidence that they can go there and beat them. Whereas Green Bay, you know, lost them last year in the NFC Championship game and got blown out by them last year in the regular season. So I feel like the, uh, the Rams are that team that could really sneak up on – not even sneak up on Tampa Bay, just come and punch them square in the face and knock them out. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. And uh, for my sake, I hope that happens. I'm, I'm a big Rams fan when it comes to the NFC uh, this season, but – what a weekend of games, man. I mean, like you said, there was but mostly blowouts. There were two games that were close, um, but the, the rest of them were kind of a done deal by the the first quarter, basically. Well, they all had they, there was a, there was a story to tell with all of them. I mean, you had the Bengals winning their first playoff game since 1990, the Buffalo Bills having a perfect offensive game against Bill Belichick with their diehard fan, crazy fans. You How had, crazy is it that the no Bills players on defense made the Pro Bowl? when they're the number one defense in the league. Makes no sense. If we were a video uh, podcast, people would see my face right now like, what? I didn't yeah. even know that. I didn't even know that was a thing. <laughs> Jordan, Poyer, Jordan Poyer made the uh, first team all pro, but he never made the Pro Bowl. <laughs> like, what yeah. the hell? Yeah. Tom Brady got his first catch against the, uh, the Eagles. It, he was on the sideline. It didn't count, but he caught a pass against the Eagles, which he was unable to do. Uh, a few years ago in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, that was a story from that game. Other than that, it was Tampa Bay blowing up Philadelphia. Uh, Dallas came up short, you know, and uh, then there was the uh, Big Ben retirement party at Kansas City. And then you had uh, Showtime in LA. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, it was, it was you know, the, the games were, on a whole were not overall interesting, but hey, we've managed to talk about them for about 50 minutes here. So, Look at that. Yeah, <laughs> had that's to, true. Had to, have some, had to have some intrigue to him for sure. Um, so let's preview divisional round. So we're going to start off with uh, Bengals at Tennessee. Drew, maybe it's because you're exposed in the AFC South to the Titans more than some other folks are. Uh, you got Joe Burrow 
And the Bengals come off a playoff win. They've got a lot of momentum playing a team that is the only team in the AFC that got a bye. And they're playing in Nashville at a stadium you are very familiar with. Who wins? Tennessee or Cincinnati? Uh, pains me to say this because I so badly want this to not happen for mul- a multitude of reasons, but uh, I am going to be picking the Titans to win this game. I just think they are so well coached with Mike Vrabel. Derrick Henry being back is going to be proved to be huge against this Bengals defense, who I just heard today is missing two, well, actually three of their top defensive linemen. Um, so I think Derrick Henry is going to be able to run all over to this Bengals defense. And the time he's back. Uh, yes, okay. it's confirmed. I believe, I mean, I could be wrong, but I, I thought he was back in practice, like towards the end of the regular season. So maybe confirm that while I keep going. Um, but, uh, no, it, it's, it's so hard to bet against this Titans team right now, who also has a very un, underrated defense. I think their defense is going to be able to show up enough against Joe Burrow and this high flying Bengals offense in order to, in order to ensure that Ryan Tannehill, Derek Henry, and the rest of the Tennessee Titans make it back to the AFC championship game this season. All right. Yeah. It looks like signs are pointing to that. He's going to play because he's practicing, but they haven't officially said that he's in or out yet. Okay. Um, look, I think that the Bengals are a fun team to watch. I think they've got some star talent on the team, especially offense. You've got Mixon, you've obviously got Joe Burrow and you've got chase. Um, but I think that the Bengals run stops here. I think the Titans will win and host the AFC championship. Um, I think that they're, uh, again, I think when I say that I think the winner of the AFC will be between the Bills and the Chiefs, it's not to disrespect Tennessee. It's just I happen to think those two teams are better than Tennessee. Um, but, but Tennessee's a good, a really, really good team. They've beaten a lot of really good teams this year. Um, but I, um, I think that they'll, and I think they'll take care of business at home in this first matchup. I think that the Bengals are a team that was really – they almost gave the game away against the Raiders at home this week and dealing with some injuries that they're going to have going into it. I just don't see it happening. I see the Tennessee Titans hosting the AFC championship with either the bills or the chiefs as the visitor. We'll find out who I think that's going to be. It's very disappointing too, because I want the Bengals to win so badly. Yeah. And then the bills to win, obviously. So then, well, I want the Bengals to win for this reason too. So it's very funny the two different the difference between the AFC uh, and the NFC. In the AFC, you have three teams that have all not been to a Super Bowl since the earliest was 1999 for the Titans. But then the Bills haven't been there since 94, and the Bengals haven't been there since like 87. So all three of these, three of the four, and then you have the Chiefs who have been there the last two years. And then the NFC, you have. Three of the four teams have been the last three representatives in the Super Bowl for the NFC in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Rams, and the 49ers. I, the best team that's there is actually hasn't been in the Super Bowl in 10 years in Green Bay. Right. So it's completely the opposite scenario for them. So I would love to see the Cincinnati Bengals, not only because if the Bills win, that means the Bills are hosting the AFC Championship, but also if it's like if it's Cincinnati versus Buffalo, at least we're going to get a fresh team in the Super Bowl no matter what. Right. Um, which I find that more interesting. And obviously the Titans would be that too, but. I don't want to see the Titans there. So. <laughs> yeah, the Titans are the probably the least interesting team remaining in the playoffs, in my opinion. Yeah, I I I don't want to see the Titans in the Super Bowl. Um, not because I hate them like you do. It's just I just think they're a boring team. Right. Like, exactly. Even, even though I don't want. That's why I've always to... fucking hated them. It's like they're not even a fun team to watch, and yet they're the they San still Antonio Spurs. They're the San Antonio Spurs of the NFL. 
<laughs> except <laughs> less successful. Right. Um, but, you know, I, I would like to see either the Bengals, the Chiefs, or the Bills in the Super Bowl for the AFC because I don't want to see the Chiefs in there either because they've been there the last couple of years and want to see somebody new. But the, uh, the Chiefs, at least, if they end up playing the Bucks again or if they play, you know, you have Aaron Rodgers versus Patrick Holmes, at least that's an interesting game to, to look forward to. But I don't want to see the Titans there. My heart wants the Bengals, but my head's staying the Titans. Same for you. Let's move on to the Saturday evening game, which will be between the San Francisco 49ers and Jimmy Garoppolo at Lambeau Field against Aaron Rodgers and the number one seed, Green Bay Packers. Drew, before you make your pick, I just want you to know, the San Francisco 49ers are 3-0 and against Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs since he's been the starter of Green Bay. He is from San Francisco. I don't know if that's a reason why he can't seem to get over the hump against them. But the 49ers have that, that team that can, again, I've said it multiple times, like a broken record, they can rush for and get pressure on the quarterback, and they almost beat the Packers in the regular season. But that was in San Francisco. This time it's at Lambeau Field. Does Aaron Rodgers get that monkey off his back and beat his hometown team to advance to yet another NFC championship game? 1000% I think he does, because the fact that this game is in Lambeau is going to be heavily in his favor obviously. Um, and this Packers team is just a lot better in my opinion than the teams that he has lost against the 49ers with over the past few years. Um, I definitely think that it is also a concern that Jimmy Garoppolo, I believe he injured. What was his hand? He's dealing with some sort of injury. I think it's on his thumb. Yeah. That he sustained towards the end of the game against the Cowboys. So that's going to be a big issue. Um, and as great as Kyle Shanahan his Shanahan is and this run game for the is for the 49ers, I just think the Packers are a little too explosive on offense, and uh, I'm going to be picking them to win this matchup. Same with me. I'm going to go with the Pack attack. I think that they uh, the home field at Lambeau this year is a lot different than it was last year because there will actually be fans in the stands to cheer them on, and I think that um, I, I just think that Aaron Rodgers is on a mission right now. And I think that the Packers will not only win this week, but I will foreshadow they probably are going to win the week after that, depending on who they play and how I'm feeling about how those teams looked. But uh, I, and, and again, you have your Super Bowl pick still alive in terms of your matchup. I still have my Super Bowl team pick to win still alive in the Green Bay Packers, which I still feel super great about. So I'm going to go with the Green Bay Packers. And I think they're going to win this game by about 10 to 14 points. I think it's going to be one of those games where they, they come out and take care of business. There you go. All right. So that moves on to Sunday. We're back to having normal Saturday, Sunday games. The early game on Sunday will be the Los Angeles Rams against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Matthew Stafford and the Los Angeles superstars, the super team, if you will, playing against the GOAT and the defending Super Bowl champs in Tampa Bay. Drew. (laughs) Why am I picking first for every single game? Why don't you pick one? Okay, fine. <laughs> I'm going with Tom Brady. I'm not yeah. betting against him. I, I think the Rams have the ability to do it. They've obviously already beaten the, Tom Brady in the Bucks this year. It's hard to beat the same. It's hard to beat the GOAT twice, unless you're Eli Manning. So uh, I'm going to go with Tampa Bay because I think that, you know, it, it's still in Tampa. It's one thing to, to pick against Tampa Bay if they're going to Lambeau Field against the Packers with a full Lambeau f- crowd. But this is in Tampa Bay. This is in Tom Brady's house. He's comfortable. He's ready. He's prepared. He's the most prepared quarterback you ever face. And he is older than three of the four head coaches in the NFC that are left 
And he's even older than one of the AFC head coaches. That's how much experience this man has. And he has seven Super Bowl rings on his way to chase number eight. And because of that, I'm going with number 12, and Tom Brady. <sighs> a three-point win. So 31, I, 28. I, <laughs> so I, um, I never – I'm starting to just feel dumb for doing this because you're right. I mean, it's so difficult to pick against Tom Brady in the playoffs. I can't believe I picked the Eagles last week. What the hell was I thinking there? Um, but I am picking the Rams here, not just because uh, they're my you Super Bowl. Yeah, well, <laughs> right. They are my Super Bowl pick, so I kind of have to. But um, it's uh, I, I truly do believe that the Rams are the better team right now, just from top to bottom, their entire roster. I do think they are the better team. It's just the fact that Tom Brady's on the other side. That's the only reason that makes me nervous. Well, that and the fact that the Rams have to travel across the country, basically one of the most, the farthest away stadiums from them, um, which is always a difficult thing for a team to do. But um, I'm still going to go with the Rams to win this one. All right. All right. So this is the first game where we differentiated. Yep. And now it's time for the game of the weekend. I think everybody, including if you're not a Chiefs or Bills fan, everybody has this marked in their calendar as the best game of the weekend, by far. Because both these teams had stellar offensive performances, as we laid out in detail earlier in the show. Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills lost last year at Arrowhead Stadium against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. The Chiefs have been to three straight AFC championships on their way to try to be to their fourth straight AFC championship, which no one has done, I think. Since the Buffalo Bills, maybe Tom Brady. And the I Patriots. think. <laughs> maybe. Oh, I'm thinking, I'm thinking the Patriots that, have been to the AFC Championship so many times. Like it's like oh, maybe they went four times in a row. Um, <laughs> but Drew, I'm going to pick again first. Okay. Because everyone's looking forward to my pick. Yeah, everybody knows Bills who I'm picking. Yeah. So I've been doubting the Bills all year long. Last year too. <laughs> and. Believe me when I say in my heart, I want the Bills to win this game. Oh, God. Are you kidding me, dude? But they're not going to. Oh, Jesus Christ. If it were up to me, it would be Bengals and Bills in the AFC Championship. But I Why believe, the hell am I doing the show with you? This is I believe, I believe that the Kansas City Chiefs are going to win at Arrowhead. I feel like if the Buffalo Bills were playing in Buffalo for this game, they would win. I would pick the Bills if this game was in Buffalo. If they didn't lose to the, the Jaguars, this game would be in Buffalo, but it isn't. It's an arrowhead. And the only person to knock off Patrick Mahomes at arrowhead is the same guy who knocked him off in the Super Bowl, Tom Brady. Josh Allen's great. He ain't Tom Brady. Kansas City's going to win this game. I hope I'm wrong. Oh, God. I, I just don't understand. How many times do we have to teach you this lesson, old man? <laughs> I'm telling you, the winner of this game is going to win the. the I'm I'm, tell, I'm giving it away now. I'm giving it away to our listeners now. If the Bills win this game and I'm wrong, I am picking them to win the AFC Championship because I think the winner of this game is going to the Super Bowl. I forgot. Is that is that a quote from uh, the Simpsons where where they keep beating up an old? No, no is that Futurama? There, there's one cartoon where they keep beating up an old. Wait, no, it's SpongeBob. <laughs> they keep thinking an old How man. I was tell old... you this old man. Yeah, right. I love right. the people. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I feel with you right now, because you keep shooting yourself in the foot with these <laughs> predictions against the bills. 
how, when is it going to end, Mike? When is it going to end? When they hoist the Lombardi trophy. Oh, my God. Because <laughs> I, I bet you what's going to happen is the Bills are going to they're going to make the, the Super Bowl. But then, of course, the Packers are also going to make the Super Bowl. So this guy's Super Bowl pick has to be right. So he picks against the Bills again. I, I can't believe you, Mike. <laughs> I can't believe it. Does that mean you're not picking the Chiefs? <laughs> <laughs> that does mean I am not picking the Chiefs because I am not an idiot. Okay. <laughs> this Buffalo Bills team is going to go into Arrowhead for the second time this season and bend Patrick Mahomes over and make them his, make him their bitch. That's the other thing. They already did this. They already beat Patrick Mahomes in Arrowhead. How are they going to be able to do it again? That's going to be so challenging. And you're playing a much different Chiefs team. You know, this is, this, it's not October, okay? This is January, Arrowhead. Ah, oh, man. I, no, I want to pick the Bills. I want to. I just – just that feeling. Remember, unlike you, I'm 6-0 in this playoff prediction, okay? <laughs> wow, okay, damn. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm coming back after this round. I'm getting, <laughs> I'm getting my two picks that are different from yours right, and I will be coming back. All right, well um, – Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. We, we can't just end it there. This is ridiculous, Mike. Like, how the hell are you just this much of a Bills Mafia hater? It's not a hate. I, I said I want them to win. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. It, I'm just kidding. Obviously, like I said earlier, Bills fans are nervous. Uh, I'm nervous, obviously, because the Bills are coming off of their greatest performance in the history of their organization. Um, and like you said, it's difficult to go in to a team as good as the Chiefs, go into their house twice and beat them in the same season. The, yeah. the situation is going to prove to be tough, but that doesn't mean I don't think the Bills will and can win because Josh Allen, if he plays like he's supposed to, he has been one of the more inconsistent quarterbacks this season. I, I will admit that, and I think any Bills fan would, would admit that as well. But if he can play the way he's supposed to play and can play – the, the absolute prototype of the ideal quarterback that he is. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think any, anybody can beat this Bills team. Here's, here's a, a fear point. If you were, cause obviously we know you, you live there and you're around Bills fans all the time. So you know how, what they're thinking, what they're feeling in terms of what they're afraid of. Here's what chiefs fans should be afraid of is that the chiefs this year have been a team that has felt like, well, we can turn it on at any point. And if they get down in the game, like we, we can turn it on and Patrick Mahomes will be Patrick Mahomes. Kelsey will be Kelsey, uh, Hill will be Hill, Andy Reid will be Andy Reid, and it'll all come together. Can't do that against this Bills team. If the Bills team gets, if this Bills team gets on top of you early, which I think is what the Bills need to do, they need to come out and score on their first two or three possessions, get a, and stop the Chiefs on at least the two of the first three of their possessions, go up twenty-one to seven, and then just never take their foot off the gas. That's how they have to to do it. And the window is is there. I mean, even Pittsburgh shut out the Chiefs for a whole quarter. In this, you know, this last playoff game, or turnovers. So that's something that the, the, the Chiefs are bound to make turnovers this year. They, you know, this is something that the Bills need to take advantage of. And the Bills are going to have a lot of motivation going into this game. And, and the Bills have a lot of momentum ever since they lost that game to the Patriots. They've been a different team. They've been running the ball. Uh, they've been playing more consistent football defensively. Um, Josh Allen, you know, didn't look that great against the Falcons or the Jets uh, throughout the whole game, but he sure looked phenomenal against the Patriots. And again. Can't say it enough. I want the Bills to win this game. 
with every fiber of my being, I want the Bills to not only win this game, I want them to go to the Super Bowl and win. Of the teams that are left, that's the team I want to win the Super Bowl. I'd love to see the Bills do it. I just have a hard time picking them against Patrick Mahomes in Arrowhead. If this was in Buffalo, I'd have no issue. It'd be Josh Allen and the Bills marching on through. This, this is going to be – again, they win this game. I pick them to go to the Super Bowl. Depending on who's in the Super Bowl, if I'll pick them there. But. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, hold on. So if you guys are hearing this right, this means that Money Mike cares more about being right than he does about seeing his friends and their team be successful. That, that, that is Money Mike's message to you right now. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I, I've said it enough. I want the Bills to win. <laughs> But I want them to win. <laughs> but I want to be right. Official, That's what you're saying. With my official, with my official pick in terms of a contest of who is going to get their picks correct, <laughs> I'm trying to win. <laughs> you know, you know if, if you wanted to win, you could just pick the same as me going forward. That's cheap, though. That's that's cheap. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Well, uh, there, there's our picks for the week. Uh, should be another exciting weekend, right, Mike? Oh, it should be an exciting weekend. I'm, I'm, and I, I didn't like the Monday night playoff game. I thought that was stupid. So I'm yeah, glad that we're weird. back to. I, I'm, I'm glad we're back to Saturday, Sunday. God, I, I, I just want to get through the week of work, which I want to do any week anyway. But <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait for Saturday night to watch some football. I can't wait for Sunday to watch both these games. Um, again, my official picks uh, are much different than what I'm rooting for. Like if they're up to me, if, if I, if who I wanted to win won this weekend. This is how the weekend would look. The Bengals would beat the Titans. The 49ers would beat the Packers. And I love Tom Brady. So I would Tampa Bay beating the Rams would be what I want to happen. Even though I like Matthew Stafford too. I, I'll be happy with whoever wins that game. Honestly, I don't really, that game, I'm not emotionally torn either way. I, I love Matthew Stafford. Actually, no, screw that. I, I want the Rams to win because Matthew Stafford, I, I, I'm a big fan of his. I think he always got gypped playing in Detroit with the talent that he has. So it'd be cool to see him uh, go far in the playoffs. Um, and I want Why the, the Niners be- over the Packers. Um, because, you know, I used to be a big fan of Aaron Rodgers, and I have family who like both teams. I have cousins who like Green Bay. I have a cousin who likes the 49ers. And my dad's always, you know, if, if the Giants can't win, the 49ers is a team that he always teams to pull for, even though they're big rivals back in the 80s, which I don't know how that happened. But, you know, <laughs> um, be- I just haven't liked um, – we, we talked on the podcast about the whole, like, the reporter who didn't like Aaron Rodgers' antics off the field, so he's not going to vote for him for MVP, and I thought that was ridiculous. But I don't like a lot of the way – I don't like the way Aaron Rodgers conducted himself in the offseason. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he tries to over-dramatize things. Like, there are moments where I, I like Aaron Rodgers, and there are moments where I just can't stand the guy. Um, and also, it's the underdog factor. You know, the 49ers are a fun team to watch, and it'd be kind of cool to see them go in there in an underdog situation and win. Yeah, that's so, I mean, again, when it comes to the NFC matchups, I'm not, really emotion- I'm not really emotionally tied to anybody that's left, really. I just have a lot of friends who are Bills fans, so I'm pulling for the Bills for that reason. Um, but that's about it. Uh, but, yeah, so if, I, if, if it was up to me, I, that's how I'd want the weekend to play out. I'd want the Bengals to win. I'd want the 49ers to win. I'd want the Rams or Tampa Bay to win. I'd be happy either way, and uh, the Bills. So, honestly, with all my picks, I'm picking against what I want to happen. Like, I picked – Tennessee over Cincinnati. I want Cincinnati to win. I, I picked Green Bay over San Fran. I want San Fran to win. 
So I'm, I'm going against my heart with my head in this contest because I like to win things. <laughs> you know who doesn't like to win things? The Giants. <laughs> Syracuse basketball. Yeah, I, I didn't even realize until halfway through this podcast they were even playing. Yeah, they're actually winning right now. Uh, but I just I didn't notice that they were eight and nine this season. That is oh, rough. That's terrible. Yeah. For a program that holds themselves in just such high regard like the Syracuse Orange, that is embarrassing. Um, there's your basketball update, as I'm sure everybody was waiting so patiently for as they listened to this podcast. How are the Celtics looking, Mike? They're they're the perfect definition of you are what your record says you are. They are an average team. They're <laughs> 500. They, they, they honestly, the next two weeks, they play one team with a winning record. So they should win all those games. Because the game where they're playing a team with a winning record is only a winning record by about three games, and it's in Boston. So you should win all those games. Um, if they're able to do that and win like six straight, then they're at least in a comfortable position in terms of the East. Maybe they'll be like the six or seven seed. Um, but right now they're like, last I checked, they weren't even making the playoffs. So they're average. They're just an average team. They're not going to do any. They're not going to do any. If they make the playoffs, they're going to bounce in the first round. So I was literally just about to say that they're all, oh, they're like the Eagles of the NBA. But if they don't make the playoffs, I guess they're worse than that. Yeah, but our star player is actually good. Oh, ho, ho. when he might throw in some shade towards the Eagles. Is well, I mean, if, if the people consider Jalen Hurts their star player, which if he is, that's kind of pathetic. But, you know. Right. <laughs> no, well, I mean, there aren't really many big names on the Eagles. They just kind of made it happen with uh, what they had. Um, but, yeah. All right. Well, is there anything else you wanted to cover? Just uh, congrats to you, Bills fans. You got the monkey off your back in terms of Bill Belichick and the Patriots. You prove me wrong and that you truly are the best team in the AFC East. And uh, I hope that I eat, I hope I come on this podcast next week and Drew has to lay into me again about how I'm always doubting the bills and how I was wrong and how I'm an idiot. I would love to have that conversation. So. All right. Well, look forward to that conversation during our next episode. You listeners of another damn sports podcast. We appreciate you every single week for listening to this absolute dumb show that Mighty Mike and I put together. Um, we hope you enjoy this upcoming divisional round of the NFL playoffs. There's only a little bit more football left. So enjoy every single second of it. Just like you enjoy every single second of this podcast. I am Drew Torres. He is money. Mike Gilchrist and enjoy the weekend.